I uh, begin here this afternoon, I would like to um, introduce uh, a new choir to all of you. Um, you know, it's been a while since our children's choir has been together, and uh, Andy has spent uh, quite a bit of time over these last few weeks trying to reconstitute the children's choir, and uh, it is so large that we've had to uh, uh, cut it in two, so to speak. So what you are experiencing this evening are the K through fours, and uh, they're called the Cherub Choir. And then our older children are part of another choir that we'll be uh, singing tomorrow, I believe, at uh, the 9 o'clock Mass. So um, once a month, you'll be hearing from the children's choir, and uh, we look forward to their being with us often. And uh, my thanks to all of you for being part of the choir. Very uh, special uh, opportunity for all of us to uh, hear our children sing. So thank you. Thanks, Andy. Now, I would also like to provide a reminder, uh, Archbishop uh, Schnur asks the pastors to do this today, and that is with regards to the CMA, the Catholic Ministries Appeal. He's very thankful. Uh, already there has been over a million dollars received, and uh, that's good work. That's great. Not from us, but from around the diocese. I wish it was from us. That would be pretty good. Um, and uh, he just asks that, um, you know, you be generous towards that, and if you have not received uh, the information on that, there should be information at both of the doors as you leave this evening. And uh, you can drop that in the, um, the collection basket today or drop it by the office, or you can even go online, and that information is in the bulletin with regards to how to give this year towards that. What comes through uh, most powerfully in all of the texts that we hear this evening is this. It's God's persistent and enduring love for all of us. God's persistent and enduring love for all of humanity in spite of our sin and our frailty. Now, these passages this evening insist on God's act of grace they insist as well on his healing mercy, even as they bring us face to face with our own failings. And again, Lent is a time to, to get in touch with our failings so that we can change the way we live our lives. You know, God in Jesus Christ brings new life and, and hope rather than condemnation. And in that new life, calls us then to responsibility and praise. God loves us. God wants us to know that. But God also wants us to respond, to, to take on the responsibility of being good people and working on our holiness. And he also wants from us praise. And this insistence on God's grace and love clearly delineating our own weakness may speak especially strongly to those who you know, perhaps struggle with the temptations of despair or struggling with chronic physical or mental or spiritual illness. And in those kinds of places, when we find ourselves there, we need honest acknowledgement of our real limitations. And we need as well constant reminders of the, 
the places in which grace can bring healing and new hope into our lives. Now today's texts call to mind for me some passages from uh, one of Mary Gordon's richly evocative novels. And this one in particular is titled The Company of Women. And toward the end of the book, a priest looks back on his life and the women on whom he relied and who made his life richer, both with joy and with sorrow. And in looking back, he feels grief and he feels repentance as well for the ways in which he was arrogant, the ways in which he turned away from love and yet fed on it without ever acknowledging it from these women. And yet even in the depth of his regret, he sees again the power of God's love. He says this. He says, I have repented. And the love of God forgives even the sins of our cowardice and of the smallness of our hearts, the terrible temptation to self-hate. Only, only faith can save us from the self-hate. In faith, I leave it all behind me, that self-hate, and I leave it in the hands of God. And God's mercy and love ask that we also learn to forgive, and that we give into God's hands that which we cannot change or give up by virtue of our own power. In the midst of illness or, or other struggles, we may find an invitation to search deeply into our own lives, an invitation to go out of ourselves and to love more deeply, and to search not for fault, for why we are not stronger, for whether we are imagining or malingering, or just not trying hard enough, know what we are invited to look into in our own weaknesses and our own vulnerabilities is to ask, quite frankly, where is God in the midst of this? You know, even when you are in the depths of great pain and suffering, ask yourself, where is God in the midst of this? Where can any of us see good in this? And there is. You know, we may not be healed in our minds or our bodies. We may spend much of our lives with chronic pain or illness. But we may find God's grace enabling us to, to give up the self-hatred or the despair that that illness or disability often calls up in us. You know, we may find God showing us new ways to live and to laugh, even with the limitations of our own lives. In Ephesians, we are told, for we are what God made us, 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Illness, weakness, powerlessness, and those are all real. Yet we are what God made us, and we are flesh. Now the priest in Gordon's book says at one point, he says, I understood the incarnation for I believe the first time Christ took on flesh for love because the flesh is lovable. Our flesh is lovable. God loves us beyond all imagining. God loves us in all the ways that we can possibly think of. We are what God made us. And as we look toward both Christ's death and resurrection, may we find for ourselves the richness of God's mercy, that mercy that that can forgive what we cannot. And may we place ourselves inside God's great love that can save us from ourselves in offering grace and newness of life. You know, I, um, last week when I was leaving here for a week of retreat with uh, a bunch of teenagers, I asked for prayer. And I think maybe in the way I said it, people were taken aback a little bit that maybe I was asking for prayer for myself because I had to be with teenagers for the week. And I can assure you, I love being with teenagers. And, you know, I've been on many of these Kairos retreats, and I've had the privilege and the honor of watching these young men and women change in those few days. So the prayer wasn't for me. The prayer was for them, and it worked in a very rich way. And, uh, you know, I think that they have truly gotten a taste of how much God loves them, how much their parents love them. And it is important for us, all of us, to get a taste of that as well. To know how much God loves us, how much God graces us, how much God gives us, and uh, also how much God calls us to, in that love and out of that.